On today's episode of the Red Pill Party Podcast, we will be talking about safe zones. That is right, there are safe places, safe zones, where as a comedian, entertainer, whatever the fuck you are, it's just a celebrity, I guess, you are not allowed to talk about racial issues. You will not be able to fucking speak on anything about sexual orientation. The gays are banned, the trans are banned. And if you go against the safe zone rules, you will be exiled. This is Jersey Judah, AKA Robert Ola. A little red pill for you guys for the AM. Um, This is the most unheard, unpopular, um, unshared, unfollowed (laughs) podcast in the Jersey area. God damn it. And I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. And this is my reason why. Uh, Most of the things that other people talk about are stupid. So, of course, stupid people don't want to hear about anything logical. Why would they? They're stupid. And dealing with, you know, my favorite subject and comedians, you know, the people that I look up to, um, the entertainers, I guess, in in certain aspects are also people I look up to. Um, All of these people that I look up to have came across some sort of backlash, whether you're looking at Tracy Morgan Tracy Morgan did a stand-up not maybe two years ago where he mentioned something about if his son was gay, he would kill him or something like that. And that didn't go well with people. Tina Fey had turned her back on Tracy Morgan for a while. And it's a continuation of weak-minded people who are somehow fans of comedy. And as far as I can remember, comedy itself is about being offensive. It's about making people uncomfortable with jokes, uh, racial humor, uh, political views, religion, all of the personal matters that we're not supposed to speak of in public. The comedian, the stand-up comedian, the, the comic, is the one that's supposed to bring that type of energy. And with that comes a lot of success. Uh, like I said, Tracy Morgan's one of those people. Artie Lang, a person I've always mentioned, Jersey native. I gotta fucking represent Jersey. I gotta represent this shitty fucking state I live in. But, um, hell, you can even look at cases like uh, Anthony Cumia. I've mentioned this before, I'm gonna mention it again. Anthony Cumia was known for the Opie and Anthony show. In fact, arguably speaking, he was the Opie and Anthony show. And people know that because when. Opie came under fire, I believe, in 2014, all the way about five years ago now. Um, He was in Times Square taking pictures of the city of New York, all the buildings and whatnot. He's a big, you know, tech guy. He's a technology dude. So you got cameras and shit. And a black woman walks by while he's taking the picture. She figures that he's a creep taking a picture of me. Rather than asking him what he's doing, she immediately gets hostile, gets in his face, starts hitting him, starts hitting him. He does nothing. Mind you, he has a gun on him. He has the right to bear arms in the new uh, the New York State, Empire State. And uh, he did nothing about it. But what ended up happening was when he got back to wherever he was at, he went on Twitter 
and did a little rant talking about how um, black women are very hostile. Black people, not all black people, but a good amount of black people are a bunch of fucking animals. Now, this is a, a, a fucking Italian. This is, a, this is a, a Sicilian, Italian looking dude. And it didn't go well for him. In fact, Sirius, XM Satellite Radio, wherever the fuck they're called now, had let him go, had fired him over tweets. Now, mind you, Anthony Cumia is known to be what is called a shock jock. So all of the racial humor, which, by the way, is fucking hilarious on the Opie and Anthony show, all of these things were ignored. Oh, because, you know, it has to do with the radio. But then when a real situation happened with him and he went and expressed himself, which, by the way, I'm an advocate of freedom of speech, the First Amendment, he has been, he was exiled from um, satellite radio. And so what he did, which makes him a fucking genius, man, this is like one of the smartest, intelligent people I know, and he's a fucking alcoholic, and there's really nothing smart about him, but he's a businessman. So during the process of him doing the Opie and Anthony show, he did Live from the Compound. And Live from the Compound, without knowing, was one of the first actual video slash podcasts created that I know of. In fact, if you look at, if you listen to people like Joe Rogan, um, Joey Diaz, you know, Joey Diaz is the uh, church of what the fuck. And of course, Joe Rogan, the Joe Rogan experience, they will tell you that the big inspiration or the big influence that they have is Anthony Cumia. But back to the safe zones, it's like everywhere now is a safe zone. If you go on Facebook and if you speak on an issue about transgender, if you speak on an issue about homosexuality in a negative or disagreeing fashion, your post will probably get deleted. And it's been it's been happening to me a lot uh, with Facebook. So much so that I've sort of backed off of Facebook and I save all of my free speech for right here. The fags are too sensitive. The trans are too sensitive. And now it's getting to a point where black people are hypersensitive. So any sort of racial humor. And if you notice, it's always this weird unfair aspect in comedy in my opinion because black comedians typically go on stage talking about what it's like to be black and the whole experience of being black and then they can talk about white people however they want and it's like the audience can just sit there and laugh uncomfortably when a white person comes on stage and a white comedian comes on stage and let's say he uses the word nigger it becomes a big fucking deal somehow this guy is a racist over one word where it's funny, on the opposite end of black people, we can say honky, we can say cracker, we can say soup floater. Soup floater is my favorite one. It's a code name for cracker. Um, we can say ofay. Uh, we can say all of these terrible slurs towards white people, and white people get a kick out of it because white people aren't as sensitive unless you're talking about the left. The liberals, the ones who create the safe zone, the liberals, the one who just pretty much wants to destroy entertainment. It's one thing to be political. I consider myself to be semi-political. I tend to stand more on the right end. Doing so, I tend to bash people on the left end. I can't help it. It's what I do. I, I don't fucking care about liberals. As a black person, you have to realize that this is a personal matter to me. Because I've been taught that the Democratic Party 
cares for the black people. The Republicans are racist. The conservatives are racist. They're all all right. And then you go to the groups on the left and you go to Antifa and you begin to realize this anti-fascist group is acting kind of like fascist. They show up to protests. They show up to Trump protests causing violence. And of course, the cameramen for the liberal media, they only show the Trump supporters reacting to the harassment from Antifa. So it's it's always this one-sided thing, you know, in comedy, entertainment, it doesn't matter anymore. If you say something offensive as a celebrity, you will be blackballed, you will be blacklisted, no pun intended, from your craft. And it's fucking stupid. Fortunately, there's people like me who are not a celebrity. And by the way, this is the most unheard of, unpopular, unshared podcast. So I can say whatever the fuck I want. The fact of the matter is, comedy brings everybody together. Everybody knows that comedy brings everybody together. I'm not a fan of just black comedians. I'm not a fan of just white comedians. I like whoever I find funny. Whoever can say the most racist, inappropriate, and offensive thing to me is a genius. Unfortunately, we live in this society today where everything is being censored. Everything is being... Slowly but surely, comedy is dying. It's the war on comedy. It's not the war on drugs with Reagan. Uh, It's not the war on terrorism with fucking... uh, With George W. Bush... It is now the war on comedy. And all of these liberals, all of these people on the left, you know, the gays, you can't talk about anything gay anymore. Hypersensitive people. As soon as you say something, they have their group, they have their gang. It's a gang mob mentality. You know, uh, the LBG, whatever the fuck. You got that group for the gays, lesbians, and transsexuals. You have the anti-fascists, which are really the fascists for the left. These are like communists slash socialists. They want to be anarchists, but they can't be anarchists. They're just wannabes. And every time I get a chance to jump on here and talk about what I talk about, the Red Pill Party podcast, I'm going to do so It's the morning time, by the way, so I want people to know it's about 9 o'clock while I'm doing this. I gotta go to PA in about an hour and some change to get myself a a pack of cigarettes, for fuck's sake. So I figured I was gonna talk about the subject last night. I came home from work tired as fuck. Um, Every day is getting tougher and tougher. Uh, I haven't had any cannabis in in quite some time, so my body is starting to get used to the idea that I won't be stoned. And it's not a good feeling, but it's also not a bad feeling. You know, I've just been going through the motions, I guess. The times that I do get the, uh, the podcast and to get things off of my mind, I do. So, I never tried to... I guess, force myself to do a podcast. I need a subject matter. Sometimes I can rant about multiple things. Like before I talked about sports teams and why the fans to me are just idiots. You know, and today it's about the hypersensitive left. It's about the hypersensitive people. 
there's no more there was never really freedom of speech and that's kind of the funny thing about the amendments they're all useless you can't speak your mind openly and publicly especially as an entertainer we can't carry firearms in a lot of places so what are these amendments for it's a good question is it for the officers is it for the people that work for the government because you know Every time somebody gets fired for saying something, you got to mention, well, what about freedom of speech? Oh, well, that's hate speech, but it's still freedom of speech. You see, the left want their cake and they want to eat it in front of us and not give us a piece. They can say whatever they want about the right. They can call the right a bunch of inbreed rednecks, a bunch of gun-toting nuts. When the, the right decides to call you a bunch of sissies and a bunch of fucking fags it becomes this big deal you know people are losing their jobs careers over this shit and it's like get the fuck out of here give me a break so I am one of those people who strongly stand by the freedom of speech whether it's something hateful whether it's words of encouragement It's words that we can speak because we have the amendment to back us up, or so I thought. It's this country sometimes can be very hypocritical. And to point out the hypocrisy in the country will probably place you as an unpatriotic person, which I disagree with. If you can point out the flaws um, in your country, and at least try to make it a awareness, I believe that you are in fact a patriot. The people who ignore the problems in the country and pretend that everything is fine aren't the patriots. They are the people brainwashed. They are the people indoctrinated by mainstream media, indoctrinated by anything unimportant. And like I said before, the priorities with us are very ass backwards. We'll put sports over politics. The people who follow sports, argue over sports, fight over sports will tell you that politicians and political parties and political views don't matter. But a football game matters. It's this ass backwards ideology of anything that's important to you isn't important to me. Or there's no common ground of where people can communicate about real issues. It's just fuck Donald Trump. It's fuck the Republican Party. And it's pro-Hillary. And it's um, pro-Sanders. To be quite honest with you, when I decided to get involved, I didn't vote this past election. I wish I did because I would have voted for Donald Trump. I tell people that all the time. But I didn't vote. Just because I wanted to see how things would play out. I didn't want to be a part of it, even though a lot of people, sometimes I believe that most of our votes don't matter anyway. I think it's just, uh, you know, a survey that they use to pick out the acceptance, who's the most approved president, approved candidate, so on and so forth. But um, during the election, I pretty much thought the world was going to end. We had two people, you know, I'm not a fan of, I wasn't a fan of Donald Trump as an entertainer that is but I was fair enough I felt that as an American citizen I should be fair about whoever gets elected because they in fact are the president so when Donald Trump won I was sort of relieved honestly because you know Hillary Clinton didn't win and 
We're not in World War III. We're not nuking people, and uh, we're not incarcerating blacks. Um, you know, by the way, Hillary Clinton has considered black men. <laughs> Let me tell you how dumb the fucking Breakfast Club is, Charlemagne the Coon God. I think uh, maybe a month or so before she even came on to uh, the Breakfast Club and showed off the hot sauce that she had in her purse, you know, that was her that was her nigger card for the blacks. She did an interview, I think, or she said a statement considering black males to be predators. One month later, she's in front of Charlemagne the God. <laughs> showing off showing off some hot sauce and this is the thing like you follow these black entertainers and you believe that these black people care about other black people and the black people still look at race as a main factor granted um race will always be a factor in this country but trust me it's not the main factor if you have somebody like charlemagne the god letting hillary clinton the woman who has a husband that incarcerated the most blacks with the three strike law have Hillary on, the one who called black males, black teen males, predators. You have to be able to look at everything from the outside. Sometimes when you're inside and you're you're, you're looking at entertainment and celebrities and shit, you kind of get blinded by the superstardom. When you take a step back from it all and you look at it from the outside, you realize it's all a game. It's a cash grab. These black entertainers don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about me. They don't give a fuck about anything besides the money in their bank account and their loved ones. And you know what? I don't fucking blame them. Don't put me in this category of being a black leader. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want to be pressured into talking about things because other people don't have the courage or the balls or the charisma to do so. I'm not going to be one of these fucking pro-blacks. I think pro-blacks are the dumbest fucking thing on earth. These pro-blacks who bash America go back to Africa. I'm tired of hearing it. And I know there's a lot of black people who may or may not agree with me outright, but they agree with me too. Nigga, go back to Africa then. I said it. It's not racist when I say it. I'll have my white friend tell you too. Go back to fucking Africa. The pro-black, the pro-African way of thinking was completely different in the 60s when I think Malcolm X was one of the first person, I think he was one of the first people to coin the phrase pro-African or pro-black. And at that time, there was a meaning to it. There was tension going on. Today, we don't have tension. Today, we create our own tension. We create our own narratives. A white cop shoots a black cop, we say it's racist. But then you got a white cop that shoots a white dude, and that shit happens more than black people. We don't call that racist, do we? Oh, because they're both white. But if we were to take a look at some of our communities, and I'm always going to say this, I don't give a fuck, I'm going to sound like a broken record. If we take a look into our communities and we see the cause and effect of our problems, it's usually another black person. That's right. The white people, you know, we talk, uh, I talked to my friend a couple of weeks ago about uh, gentrification and gentrification is, um, you know, you got a rundown area, which unfortunately mostly is populated by blacks and Hispanics some whites they go to the area they tear down the house they rebuild it or they just remodel it from how it is all of a sudden white people move in and then we go well that's racist how is that racist they're bringing up the value of where we live at but we call it racist 
economically speaking, black people will never progress because we pay attention too much to black everything. We got to listen to black entertainment television, which, by the way, is a fucking coon capital network. You know, uh, fucking, uh, what's that shit? The Club Cartel or Cartel Club, which, by the way, had a bunch of smoking hot broads. These were like, uh, I don't know, Cubans, Colombians, Puerto Ricans, Hispanic women, right? And they're all strippers. So, (laughs) VH1, Video Hits 1, no more music videos. Why is it called Video Hits 1? MTV. You got shows like uh, My Ex on a Beach or some stupid shit. I've seen commercials yesterday. I was at my uh, I was at my boy's spot, and I was looking at the commercials. I kind of observe everything. I, I don't personally watch television like commercial wise. You know, I got my you know, got my Netflix and I got my fucking uh, Amazon Fire Stick, and I pretty much as we speak counting down the days, two days until uh, the Punisher season two comes out, and I'm excited about that. But the shows and the channels mean nothing. Music, television, has no more music. It's shitty teen bop shows and these faggot fucking millennials bitching about their social life, bitching about their sports teams, bitching about their relationships, not talking about anything that's relevant or anything that's relatable. Teen problems, first world problems, not third world problems, first world problems. And this is now becoming a cycle in television. You know, shitty shows, shitty entertainers, you know, fucking Z-level comedians who come up. All they have to do is talk shit about Donald Trump and the crowd applauds them. It's nothing funny. They don't even come up with original jokes about Donald Trump. We get it, the hair piece. We get it, the way he talks. Be more fucking original. If you're going to bash political figures, goddammit, be, be fucking original. You know, it's it's getting to a point now. I have uh, I have pretty much the capability now, and I don't have to depend on people, and I don't have to schedule time to do what I do. I can do it whenever the fuck I want. I don't have to fucking hit people up. Hey, you want to do this? You want to do that? If you do, you do. If you don't, fuck it. I'm not asking. I've been. <sighs> I've pretty much been brainstorming the past couple weeks, actually since 2019, on how to make the podcast better. What do I need? I obviously a, a, a computer. I need equipment, microphone. Down the line, down the road, I want to get a camera and start doing video uh, podcasting because that's something I've always wanted to do. I want to create my own empire, my own company, my own mafia, for fuck's sake of real information and I don't want networks helping me I don't want people I don't really want people helping me I want to be one of the people to say I did this from the ground up myself I did this from the ground up myself I started doing Facebook videos and Facebook live audios about issues in the black community myself I talked about the political affiliations, the political spectrum of liberal and conservative on Facebook four years ago, myself. I didn't get this idea from entertainers, although with this subject matter, it's pretty much influential throughout the board. I mentioned the people 
who inspired me to podcast, people who inspired me to try to be funny, but I don't give a fuck about making people laugh. I used to. It wasn't, it's not really hard to make people laugh. That's the thing. But when you're forced to, <laughs> and you have to go on stage in front of, you know, 500 to 1,000 people and make them laugh, it's not really a thing for me. I like to know the people who I'm trying to make laugh. So with the Red Pill Party, it's like the people who join are the people who involve themselves, the people who follow. By the way, big shout out to John Terry for following. Um, a lot of the Facebook family always comes through. The homie Steve, big shout out to him. Jericho, Wesley, big shout out to him. Uh, Kay Leno, a.k.a. Kenny. Um, Press Pause Productions, go check that out. I'm one of those people, like, I don't give a fuck about um, advertising other people's things. I like to do that. Advertising other people's pages, other people's businesses, other people's companies. Especially if it's a person who's doing it from the ground up. And I believe that Kenny has been doing that photography from from the ground up. I think since we graduated 2006, he's been grinding. Um, press pause productions look it up on facebook this guy has interviews with fucking celebrities and shit rappers and shit and i'm trying to reach a point with this platform to where i can elevate myself and the people that i'm close to which are very little i want them to be a part of it because i've never been a person who's been greedy people who know me know that there's been times where you know, I've only had like, you know, 40 bucks in my pocket, but you know, the people I'm hanging out with, they're going to benefit off of all that, you know, buy some weed, you know, buy some weed, buy some beers, smoke, drink, relax, have fun. Like that's the type of person I used to be. Now it's about, um, self-preservation, self-preparation for the future. I can no longer venture off to the past of all the great things I've done. But I am writing a book about it, all of my wild activities from 2013 on. But it's all about now just trying to progress. Like, I'm leaving all of the bullshit behind, all of the people, the naysayers, go fuck your mother. It's it's always going to be like that. I don't care how much I mature, how much I progress with this podcast. I'm still going to have the same attitude. You know, if you listen, I appreciate it. Um, if you support me, I appreciate it. You can go on Facebook and find me, Narlton Banks, um, Narlton, G-N-A-R-L-T-O-N, Banks, B-A-N-K-Z. And you can find my page on Facebook, The Red Pill Party. Um, you will see a picture of Morpheus. He is holding the red pill and the blue pill. That is me. You can go there, hop on there, like. A lot of these episodes will be going there. I really want to build, I really want to find people who are really good at building websites because I want to create sort of a website with my work and not deal with Facebook at all. That's really my goal with this year. And I've been doing a good job throughout last year because when I found Anchor, I was able to go and, you know, record pre-recorded parts and be able to record segments a little pieces at a time so it's not like I'm forcing myself to do 30 minutes although I'm pretty much at the 30 minute mark as we speak so from now forward I will be talking more about the political matters I'll be talking about the social matters you know mental illness things of that nature 
um, ADD, ADHD, the things that I've grew up with, and a lot of other shit. And the thing about it, you know, the people that I'm close to, you guys can hit me up whenever. You guys can tell me, you know, what I should talk about because I know that your opinion to me matters. Everybody else who just jumps on, you know, people that never check out my podcast telling me what to talk about, sincerely go fuck your mother. Um, Do your own fucking podcast. But then again, you guys have no voice, no talent, no charisma, no nothing. Fucking useless, useless eaters, faggots, low lives, hypersensitive pussies, fucking millennial douchebag, jizz bucket, cocksucking fruitcake, fucking loopy, just dumb, delusional people. I want nothing to do with y'all. That's not everybody, but that's most of you people. Most of the people on Facebook, this is aimed at most of the people on Facebook. And the thing about it is, I've always been this way. You know, people can't fucking tell me that, you know, oh, you change, you know, you're more, can't suck my dick, dude. Like, if people, like, people that know me from grade seven, I have people in this town that know me from grade seven, grade six, elementary school. I was always this way, (laughs) cussing and all. I didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? So, before I leave, and I let you people enjoy your day, I just want to remind people that the Red Pill Party is on and cracking. Um, the Red Pill Party will not die. The Red Pill Party will multiply. And um, that is it. This is Jersey Judah, a.k.a. Robert Ola. Or should I say this is Robert Ola, a.k.a. Jersey Judah. The host of the most heard the most unheard, sorry, forgot. The most unheard, unpopular, unrecognized, unshared podcast, The Red Pill Party. I'm signing the fuck out.